1: to the Greenbrook TMS Incorporated 3rd Quarter 2021 Results Conference Call and Webcast. All lines are currently on to prevent any background noise. I would like to remind you that this conference call is being recorded today and is also being webcast on the company's website at www.greenbrooktms.com under the Investor section Events. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session Analysts and investors are reminded that any additional questions can be directed to the company at InvestorRelations at GreenbrookTMS.com. This call contains forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations or beliefs of the company based on the current available information. Forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause the actual result of the company to differ materially from those discussed in the forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause actual results or events to differ materially from current expectations are disclosed under the heading Risk Factors in the Company's Annual Information Form dated March 30, 2021, and in the company's mdna for the period ended september 30 2021 which are available on cedar edgar and on the company's website any forward-looking statement speaks only as of the date on which it is made and the company disclaims any intent or obligation to update any forward-looking statements unless required by law i would like now to turn the meeting over to mr bill leonard president and chief executive officer of greenbrook tms and ernst lobster Chief Financial Officer, go ahead, Mr. Leonard.
2: Thank you, Suzanne. Good morning and thank you to everyone for joining our conference call and webcast today. Q3 2021 presented a challenging quarter with a more prominent seasonal factor than usual with patients delaying treatment during the first open summer season since the onset of COVID-19. The surge in the COVID-19 Delta variant during the summer season also created caution among patients and referring physicians especially in late August and September. Despite these challenges, we saw continued growth with quarterly revenue increasing by 9% in Q3 2021 as compared to Q3 2020, and by 15% year-to-date 2021 as compared to -to year-to-date 2020. We believe the exaggerated seasonal effect and adverse market conditions were experienced industry-wide and represents a temporary downturn and we saw a strong bounce back in patient volumes in October 2021, tracking toward record volumes that we experienced last quarter. We're excited about the rollout of our Spravato program at select TMS centers, which continue through Q3 2021, building on our long-term business plan of utilizing our TMS centers as platforms for the delivery of innovative treatments to patients suffering from major depressive disorder, OCD, and other mental health disorders. Spravato enables us to leverage capacity in our existing platform, which effectively enhances profit margins at TMS centers where Spravato is offered. We're excited about the prospect of expanding this offering to an additional 14 TMS centers, bring our total to 23 TMS centers offering Spravato in early fiscal 2022. With this anticipated expansion, we believe our Squavado program has the potential to grow up to as much as 10% of our total revenue by the end of fiscal 2022. During the quarter, we also completed a bought deal public offering, an offering price of $7.75 per common share for aggregate gross proceeds of approximately $13.2 million. The proceeds were used to fund the acquisition of achieved TMS East and Achieve TMS Central on October 1, 2021. This raise paired with forgiveness of the PPP loan also strengthens our balance sheet position. From a development perspective, we expect to add a total of 25 TMS centers in 2021, bringing the total to 150 Greenbrook centers by year end. We organically added two TMS centers in Q3 2021. And as I mentioned, we acquired Achieve TMS East and Central subsequent to the end of the quarter, which represented 17 additional TMS centers. We are very excited about this acquisition as it strengthens our presence in New England and in the central United States. The acquisition also secures robust payer contracts, brand recognition, physician reputation, and a strong management team within these regions. We also expect the acquisition to serve as a foundation for continued growth within these regions and to realize operational synergies through leveraging our established infrastructure in adjacent regions. Our footprint now consists of 148 centers in 17 states. And now for a more detailed review of the company's financial and operating performance, I will turn it over to CFO
3: Ernst Lübscher. Thank you, Bill. As Bill mentioned, quarterly revenue increased by 9% to 13.1 million as compared to Q2 2020 and year-to-date 2021 revenue increased by 15% to 38.2 million as compared to -to year-to-date 2020. Revenue, however, decreased by 4% compared to Q2 2021, predominantly due to the adverse market conditions as described by Bull. Average revenue per treatment increased by 2% to 241 in Q3 2021 compared to Q3 2020, and decreased by 1% to 231 in year-to-date 2021 compared to -to year-to-date 2020. The increase was primarily attributable to three key factors normalization of the adjustment of two variable consideration estimates, more favorable rates negotiated in established markets, especially Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia, and collections on older accounts previously adjusted for. Same region sales growth was 9% in Q3 2021 and 15% year to date 2021, as compared to 2% in Q3 2020 and 2% in year to date 2020. The same region sales growth measure essentially mirrors aggregate growth as a result of the slow development during the pandemic. Entity-wide regional operating income was um, 0.2 million in Q3 2021 as compared to 1 million in Q3 2020. Year-to-day 2021 resulted in an entity-wide regional operating loss of 0.3 million as compared to an entity-wide regional operating income of 1.5 million in year-to-day 2020. This is a result of lower revenue during the pandemic relative to existing center and regional cost structure pointing to the capacity in our platform. We believe we are very well positioned to utilize this capacity through our Spravado program and growth in our TMS business as market conditions normalize. Corporate GNA for Q3 2021 increased 45% to 5.1 million and by 49% to 15.7 million in year-to-date 2021 predominantly due to the normalization of spending in Q3 2021 and year-to-date 2021, coupled with an increase in one-time costs. Corporate GNA for Q3 2020 excluding one-time costs increased by only 33% from Q3 2020, but decreased 12% from Q2 2021, representing a stabilization in spend in corporate GNA. The loss for the period and comprehensive loss decreased by 55% in Q3 2021 to 3.5 million as compared to Q3 2020, 2020 and decreased by 17% to 18 million during the year-to-date 2021 as compared to year-to-date 2020. The decrease was predominantly driven by the forgiveness of the PPP loan and the lack of earnout out consideration expenses in 2021. From a balance sheet perspective, the accounts receivable balance remained stable and we strengthened our balance sheet through the completion of a public offering for net proceeds of approximately 12.2 million and the forgiveness of the PPP loan. As of September 30, 2021, we had approximately 26.1 million in cash on hand. Moving to our core operating metrics. As of the end of Q3 2021, the total TMS centers increased by 5% to 131 from 125 a year ago. Keep in mind, this does not include the Achieve East and Chief Central acquisition that added 17 TMS centers immediately after the end of the quarter. Compared to Q3 2020, the number of consultations performed increased 5% to 1,520, the number of TMS treatments performed increased by 7% to 54,525, and new patient starts increased by 3% to 1,520. As Bill mentioned, market conditions were challenging during Q3 2021, which temporarily depressed some of these key metrics. But we remain optimistic as these forward-looking ind- indicators bounce back very strongly trending to record level experience in Q2 um, 2021. Back to you, Bill. Thanks, Ernst. As I mentioned, Q3 2021
2: presented specific challenges early in the quarter with patients delaying treatment during their first open summer season since the onset of COVID-19 and a surge in a Delta variant in late summer. Despite these challenges, we saw continued growth in both our consolidated revenue and patient treatments. We are very pleased with the results of the Spravato program, and I look forward to expanding this offering. We believe we can enhance profit margin by optimizing the utilization of our current TMS centers. This move also builds on our long-term strategy of utilizing our growing network of TMS centers and affiliate physicians as a services platform to deliver innovative treatments to patients suffering from mental health disorders. At this time, we continue to collaborate with device manufacturers to expand the range of indications for TMS. Most importantly, mental health remains a key focus in the U.S., with the unmet need for treatment at an all-time high. Our business fundamentals remain sound, and we are positioned better than ever to serve the need for the mental health support across the country. We have now treated over 20,000 patients with over 730,000 treatments performed, a significant positive impact on the lives of so many patients suffering from mental health disorders. We look forward to keeping you updated on the progress of the company. Thank you for your time today, and operator we will now take questions.
1: As a reminder, to ask a question, please press star 1. It's also in keypad. And to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Our first question comes from the line of Frank Tachanen from Lake Street Capital.
4: Bill Ernst, thanks for taking my questions. A couple from me today. I wanted to start on the, the October commentary you provided of getting back to record volumes you experienced last quarter, how should we extrapolate this commentary plus the achieve acquisition into expectations around q4 revenue
3: um so in in terms of forward-looking indicators we saw a a significant bounce back in october kind of back to q2 21 levels um that was in patient starts obviously treatments take some time to follow so we expect a, a pretty strong um november and december um, and, and as I said, it tracked towards the Q2 2021 level. So uh, we, we're pretty bullish about um, Q4. And then we obviously um, layer on some some additional treatments from UTMS East and, and Central.
4: Got it. That's helpful. And I wanted to take a little bit deeper dive on Spravato. Can you walk us through what exactly the model looks like here? How we sh- should we expect this to impact margins? And then just lastly on that. Um, five to ten percent contribution by year end. How? What is this ex- baking in as it relates to per site mix between your traditional TMS offering versus spravado?
3: Yeah, so I'll I'll take the the there's two questions there, and I'll take the 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 first one first. And from a margin profile perspective, as we mentioned for before, kind of the the variable margin on on TMS and and Spravato is very um, similar. So you essentially layer on Spravato and leverage your semi-variable and, and fixed cost in a, in a center, effectively enhancing that margin. So we're very excited to, to layer that on. And as we said, that, that can represent up to 5 to 10% of our business by year end, um, and, and also points to, to a, a nice lift in margin to, to trend towards profitability. So that's really where we, where we get, we, you, 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 have a substitute, you have a variable margin that's very similar to TMS, which essentially drops straight to the bottom line as you utilize your technicians, your real estate, um, and your existing infrastructure. So that's um, um, part one. Um, Frank, we can just repeat the, the, the second part of the question in terms of, of, of the
4: 10%. Yeah, so if you think about 10, 5 to 10% by year end, for those 23 sites offering Spravato, what does the mix look like between Spravato and traditional TMS?
3: So th- that's gonna that's gonna vary. There's obviously um, they they're not not all gonna be in place in, in immediately on on um, in in January. So um, you you have centers that operate kind of a 50 50 mix um, uh, down in St. Louis at the moment. Um, I think the, the the high high end will be kind of a 50 50 split. And then obviously as we as we ramp um, the the ones through the year, there'll be kind of lesser split for those, but a 50 50 split um, is is where we at in kind of some of our highest provider centers at the moment.
2: Yeah,
5: Frank, let me Perfect. just add to
2: that let me just add to that in terms of what bravado actually does to us as a company. Um, um, one is the fact that um it really allows us to capture a wider range of patients suffering from depression, patients that may not qualify for TMS or are uh, too far down the depression scale. So for us, we're seeing uh, what I would now say our pilot, we're moving into an actual uh, offering, else bravado, is As in a pilot, um, probably 30% of those patients were patients who initially had treatment for TMS therapy, uh, fell out of remission, and they really, you know, we're a great candidate for Spravato, so we're seeing a very complementary relationship between TMS and Spravato. Uh, Spravato getting patients the baseline to move them over to TMS, and then vice versa. So we're we're pretty excited. Uh, uh, we're pretty excited about the opportunity to expand on that platform and just be able to uh, provide a treatment that is customized especially for that particular patient suffering from depression.
4: Got it. That's really helpful. And then just last one for me, Uh, you alluded to it, Bill, a little bit, but maybe talk to um, some of the rough sketches you've gone through as far as the new center opportunity on a Greenfield basis around the 17 newly acquired clinics with the Achieve Acquisition.
2: Sure. I mean, if you look at the Achieve business, uh, first let's deal with the East. The East was a little bit more established from a uh, kind of pr- provider standpoint, um, you know, in, in getting in there and starting to uh, dig in with the management team up there. There are some unique opportunities to continue to expand on that platform, uh, probably closer to the actual city of Boston. Um, and then if you shift over to TMS Central, TMS Central is really a brand new uh, kind of, uh, of uh, footprint for uh, us and for them. There was uh, three centers in play in the uh, kind of Midwest, the Iowa marketplace. Uh, we will have opportunities to expand not only within the Iowa, but start to drift closer to kind of some unmet needs in the South Dakota area. So uh, one is a little bit more established. that has some unique uh, plug-ins that are kind of needed and, and will be a great opportunity. And the other one is really a, a platform to – is a new region.
4: Got it. I'll stop there. Congrats on all the progress in the quarter. Thanks.
2: Great to have you on the call.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Chi Lei from Desjardins.
6: Hi, good morning, BNNs. Uh, my first question will be from um, So, you're targeting 150 center by the end of 2021, which would imply a bit of a pause on the center development um, as you're digesting Achieve East, right? And at a high level, are you rethinking your organic center development strategy? Um, given the profitability is more elusive or deferred uh, as you open um, organic uh, centers?
2: Yeah, I I think it's, uh, you know, from our standpoint, um, as we talked about on our prior call, uh, in some cases we really substituted a more mature marketplace, especially during this time of COVID, versus kind of greenfield organic growth. But at the end of the day, we're still going to grow roughly 20% from prior year with 25 new centers added. Um, When we look at growth next year, it it really is two things. One, from a new center number for TMS centers, you know, we're in the middle of our annual planning session with our team, and, you know, we don't expect to finalize that budget for 2022 uh, in the near future. So it's a little early for me to comment on new centers for next year. But from a growth standpoint overall, uh, we have done a great job of growing the TMS footprint. You know, we've put ourselves in position to continue to grow and build upon a mental health platform to meet the needs of an underserved marketplace that became even greater due to the pandemic. So for us, a key initiative for our team is not only to continue to grow our footprint, but leverage our footprint and increase utilization at the center level through TMS and now with Spravato. So we're extremely excited about the opportunity to expand Spravato into more centers, building on our alarm tone plan. Um, So it's, it's it's a... it's not that we're pausing development. We, uh, we just focused on more of an acquisition, more mature market, versus pausing it completely from an organic standpoint.
7: Thank you.
6: And just to follow up on that, so um, as you're focusing on driving more utilization, like um, layering out survival and acquiring more profitable smaller network, uh, do you feel more confident on a path to profitability and perhaps um, can you provide a roadmap to a profitable EBITDA?
2: Yeah, I think with the continued rollout of Spravato, we have the ability to capture a wider range of patients, provide a treatment that best fits the patient needs, and we believe the Spravato offering will enhance profit margin by optimizing utilization of the current center. So it is, for us, a a path towards profitability.
6: Thank you. And uh, the last one for me. So um, on the revenue per treatment side, uh, given a GTMS East and Central is established is um operating in more established region with a perhaps favorable reimbursement, um how should we think about that uh, for the following quarters?
3: Um so a good question. Um there's there's three things at play there. Um we have some wins kind of mid mid year um, with some of the bigger payers in established regions, which up um, reimbursement, and you see that in in um, in kind of the 241 versus the 231 year to date. Um, we've got a normalization in collections, so adjustment for and for variable consideration um, has normalized uh, normalized, which which also helps. So because we're through the the whole credentialing and conversion process. And then there's, as you mentioned, in terms of the mix of business, we acquired a, a TMS Achieve Central, and especially on the east side, that has a higher average reimbursement than, than what we're operating at. So you'll, you'll see as, as that becomes a bigger mix of our business, um, and as, as, as we explained the California market, um, you should see a slight up, upward trend in kind of average reimbursement. Um, I mean, um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about that. That all, always depends on the mix of business but um we we see a positive trend in that thank you
1: our next question comes from the line of Noel Atkinson from Clara Securities
8: uh, good morning Bill and Ernst uh, lots of progress since the last quarter so uh, well done on that um, just a Quick view from me. So, on uh, in terms of the activity in October, um, you mentioned patient volumes were back up near record levels. How about patient starts? Is that also following through?
2: So, yeah, I think what you're seeing, is, uh, as Erns alluded to earlier, is uh, we had a nice uh, month of solid bookings for October, and those patients are kind of starting to. And as we talked about, you have the patient start and then that kind of six-week process, so you'll see those treatments in play for both November and into December. Um, and we continue on to have strong bookings. The good, the good news is the fact that the patients kind of, returning to normalcy in the sense that they're taking care of their depression needs, they're taking care of their mental health needs, um, and, and they're settling to a schedule that uh, we're happy to see the work we've done. Um, and like you said, we were you know, a little bit disappointed in what happened in the summer in terms of patient volume, but we were pretty thrilled with the fact that uh, during that uh, quarter, we, ha- we also strengthened the balance sheet with the, with the uh, financing. And put a great uh, acquisition in play, and and really built our uh, platform for a strong uh, uh, end of the year, and also into 2022. Okay.
8: Uh, in terms of the expansion of Spravato delivery to the you know the 23 locations, how are you choosing these? Sorry, how are you choosing these locations?
2: You know that, that 23 we talk about was really the centers that had the shortest timeline to ramp up due to physician coverage and footprint. But I would tell you that uh, throughout 2022 and beyond, we will continue to put the pieces in place for additional expansion. But that that first uh, 23 we uh, announced were, were really kind of the shortest uh, timeline and ramp to kind of get up and running. Okay,
5: so especially it's with, especially,
2: with, sorry. especially with especially with physician coverage.
8: So, that in theory, you could be well beyond 23 clinics by the end of 22?
2: We will continue to work towards expanding the, uh, expanding the offering.
8: Okay. Um, and then in terms of uh, you know, reimbursement and billing, uh, are you doing any buy-in bill yet? And is that something that you would be looking at for 22? And if so, what does that do for revenue and margin profile?
2: You know, I think Ernest will weigh in on this a little bit, but I'll start. Um, In in terms of what we're seeing from the billing side right now, we're pretty comfortable in offering it in uh, the administer and observe methodology in terms of not taking on the cost of the drug at this time. There is a little bit of margin difference on the buy and bill. You're probably going to see a little bit higher revenue, but you're also going to see a higher cost structure um and and for in some cases i think what we'll do Noel is we may have a specific market where you have to be in a buy and bill situation to uh acquire kind of type patients with uh for example in st louis but i don't know if it's something we're going to demand uh, we roll out throughout
3: all centers in 2022 Earns anything to add no no, i think that captures capture it, it it adds contribution it's uh it's obviously you buy the, you, you, you essentially buy the drug wholesale and, and, and get reimbursed for it. It's a thinner margin, but an absolute contribution um, from a revenue standpoint um, um, increases. But as Paul said, the focus is on administer and observe now. Um, but in certain markets, you, you obviously you, you have to follow the buy-in bill, and there's an opportunity to capture a wider range of patients um, with specific insurances that, that require that.
8: Okay, great. Well, thanks very much. appreciate the
3: questions. Our
1: next question comes from the line of David Martin from Bloomberg.
5: Good morning, Bill and Ernst. Uh, First question uh, goes back to one of your earlier questions. When you say 50-50 at the high-end TMS bravado, is that uh, on the basis of revenues or the number of treatments in that
3: clinic or the number of patients that are treated? Um, purely on the revenue basis, and, and, and to reiterate that is kind of on the high-end center. We we don't expect in terms of all 23 centers going to be 50/50. Um, there's there's specific locations that that has a greater opportunity, um, and and that's on a revenue a revenue basis. Sorry yeah, David, just
2: that, few, yeah, just to add to that, yeah. David, there's you can treat many more TMS patients than you can do Spravato. So, you're, you know, you have a, a two-hour observation period with Spravato, so your, your utilization and capacity is based on the number of chairs you have in your center uh, and the number of patients you see. So you're always going to have the ability to treat more uh, Spravato patients from a pure – I mean, more uh, TMS patients from a more uh, patient number volume standpoint.
5: Okay. Um, what are the factors driving the choice of a patient to either TMS or Spravato?
2: Um, good question. I think one of it, as I talked about earlier, is you have patients who were initially uh, involved in TMS therapy, uh, had a good result, might have fell out of uh, uh, out of remission, and wanted to choose uh, Um We have a also have a culture in, the, in in the U.S. that kind of likes immediate gratification. So some patients. Um, just really want a chance uh, and are in need of, of having a quicker onset of action. And I think from a Spravato standpoint, you do get the quicker onset of action. Uh, uh, from a durability standpoint, I really like the, uh, the the outcomes of TMS therapy. So I think you're getting the best of both worlds. Again, as I said, very complementary of one another, and uh, the patient has fit well in our centers. Uh, our staff's been able to handle both Spravato and TMS, and we will continue to look to grow both sides of that business.
5: Okay, and my last question, I'll jump back in the queue. Um, We were, and I think you were, expecting a surge um, of patients who were depressed because of COVID. And, uh, you know, obviously they have to work through their first or second lines of therapy. Uh, Are you seeing signs that the surge is coming your way, Um, or is this maybe we shouldn't be anticipating as much as we were?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think from a macro standpoint, uh, the entire, uh, the entire uh, mental health uh, marketplace has gotten bigger. I, I think the reality is uh, it's kind of had a domino effect. I, I definitely think we'll continue to see additional patients in the pipeline. But the reality is uh, you have a lot of doctors who uh, are, are not seeing patients as much. Some have pulled back because of COVID. So patients are having a harder time getting in to see their, their doctor to discuss their mental health disorders. And so you, you're delayed in terms of starting that. Med, med trial, and you've got to fail a few. So for us, from a macro standpoint, um, you know, we love the fact that uh, the pipeline's still there. They're still extremely underserved marketplace. Um, we expect patients uh, to eventually come in for, for services with Bravado or TMS because they failed, uh, you know, drug therapy 50% of the time. So we, just, we don't think it's gone away, it's still there. It's still a huge market, and uh, we're in a great position to kind of take advantage of that opportunity. Okay, thank you.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Tanya Gonsalves from Canaccord Genuity. Good morning, Dylan, and thanks for
0: taking my question. First off, I'm wondering if you can tell us how many new, both regional and corporate personnel, you onboarded as part of the Achieve East Central acquisition.
3: So from a um, sorry, is the question how, what's uh, the increase in corporate GNA as a result from Achieve East and Central? Did I uh, sure. That I kind of Sure, or
0: just the number of people that you brought on board
3: from there? From a corporate from a corporate perspective, uh, very little. Um, it it you can think of the Achieve East and Central as an additional regional. So we brought um, regional certainly regional personnel and a strong regional management team and technicians on. Um, but from a corporate corporate perspective, uh, we can l- really leverage our platform to service that. So kind of back office compliance, fi- um, finance, everything we can we can service from our established um, uh, corporate platform.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, on a blended basis, then with Achieve, can you talk to where company wide utilization is today in terms of max volume per center?
3: So, I mean, we, we, um, we always had at a at, um, target about a 70%. This was, um, as you saw, we dropped from 13.7 to 13.1. So utilization is probably hovering uh, a, little, a little below that 70% um, uh, m- m- uh, margin. So that's, that's really the opportunity of the platform. Um, as market conditions normalized, there were, were there, there were specific constraints in this quarter. So not only on the TMS business, um, we as market conditions normalize, we we will utilize that capacity in the business without increasing costs, um, and then we also layer on spravado, which is a which is an opportunity to increase that utilization.
0: Okay, excellent, thanks, Erin. Um, and then just lastly for me, can you provide an update on how you expect that uh, reversal of the Q4 provision you took to track over the coming quarter? So. I see you've taken the adjustment to variable consideration in the past couple quarters. How, how is that going to continue on over the next two to three quarters?
3: So, so as you see, um, as you've seen, kind of as a percentage of revenue, that that's decreased steadily. We we there there will continue to be a, um, adjustment to variable consideration in Q Q4, um, but we we um, kind of will stabilize at a level with a target of ultimately getting to. Um, about 3% of, of, as you can call it, gross revenue or, or kind of allowable. So 3% is the target ultimately, um, and, and we're trending towards that.
0: Okay. So I think before we had talked about that being complete, if there was any reversal, it being complete by the first half of 2022. So that's, it's just it's going to be completed earlier than expected.
3: Yeah, so, so I mean, the reversal, as you see in our average revenue per treatment, is, 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 has has gone pretty pretty well. I mean, like I said, there there will be continue continued adjustments to variable consideration, but that that should stabilize into into change Okay, that's that's all
0: from me.
3: Thank you. Thanks.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Justin Keywood from Staple GMT.
9: Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I was just uh hoping to dive in on this Spravado a bit more. Are you able to describe the competitive landscape for Spravado? Like are there other uh peer place Privado clinics out there that you'd be potentially uh, competing against or is this uh you know more um offered uh, as part of a you know, you know more broadly uh, integrated health services types of uh organizations out there? And then also just on the, the expansion, if there it, are these uh, you know, clinics that just provide Spravada, would there be some opportunity to acquire them?
2: Uh, good question, Justin, great to hear from you. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, let, let's uh, stop the top level. Obviously with a TMS market of uh, you know, 26, 2700 devices installed, we're pretty used to being in a competitive environment. Um, With Spravato, we're not seeing any specific uh, uh, Spravato-only type centers. Uh, What what you see with Spravato is individual practitioners who offer this uh, within their office place. Um, As we talked about before, just like with TMS therapy, we think we have a distinct advantage in our kind of uh, how we, that patient experience and how quickly we get back to patients. We're unlike other mental health providers, and that's what makes Greenbrook special. So, um, we know it's a competitive environment, but I think uh, our early pilot proved that we're able to attract patients. And keep in mind, I think it's important to note uh, on the call that um, this initial pilot we did with Spravato did not uh, layer on any direct consumer marketing or any of our sales team in the field educating doctors. So we have yet to turn on the faucet with it. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to begin to kind of provide uh, Branding uh, Greenbrook with both Spravato and TMS therapy, so we're, we have considerable upside in kind of attracting patients. But uh, it's going to be a competitive landscape, but we are comfortable in our delivery care model as it exists today, and we've uh, shown we've proven it in the past with TMS therapy that is also extremely competitive. Got it, that's helpful. And then as far as the, the staff that
9: administers Spravato, is there an additional uh, type of training that's needed? Could it be accomplished with the same uh, practitioners that you have uh, offering uh, TMS therapy?
2: Yeah, there is a training and uh, Jansen does a great job with that, but it's no additional staff in terms of that's the beauty of the layering on bravado to our uh, current footprint of, T- of Greenbrook Centers. Today we have great doctors, great, uh, great technicians who deliver a wonderful patient experience um, that's the same staff we're using. So just like they had to learn how to do TMS therapy, there's a, uh, a training for Spravato, our, and our staff has done a great job of, uh, of getting comfortable with Spravato and layering that on. So, uh, uh, again, it's an opportunity for us to capture a wider range of patients and continue to utilize the center with the current staff and doctors even more to drive towards uh, uh, profitability. Okay, and
9: then just finally, on the 148 TMS uh, centers, Would all these uh, be potential Spravato locations? Do they all lend themselves uh, to the criteria that you're looking for, or would there only be a percentage of those uh, centers in the network?
2: Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, in in theory, they can all eventually be uh, Spravato centers, but, you know, obviously you have to layer in the physician coverage and the footprint, and as I talked about on prior calls, Um, I I don't know if I need two Spravato centers 15 minutes apart from one another, uh, but they are on opportunity, and we do expect to uh, begin to put the uh, key pieces in place to go beyond 23. For now, we're focused on getting that 23 up and running as early as possible in uh, 2022.
9: That's helpful. Thank you for taking my questions.
2: Thanks, Jeff.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Nate Nahirni from Think Equity.
3: Hi Bill, congratulations on the quarter. Uh, this question may have been touched a little bit earlier, but uh, in regards to your growth, you're continuing to expand your clinic footprint, obviously through acquisition, uh, but, but what is the plan for organic growth within the current clinics you operate, uh, maybe besides the Sporado rollout?
2: Yeah, so again, thanks, it's great to hear from you, Nate. Uh, when we look at growth, obviously, it's, it's it's growth within our product offering at the center. Um, but it's also growth uh, on actual footprint. And our footprint, uh, we have not decided, you know, as I said earlier, we're in a budget season, and you know, we'll comment on that at the next call. But we tend to look at growth from a footprint standpoint, both through acquisition and organic. Um, and as we talked about earlier, um, we have significant opportunity to expand organically in both our new acquisition on the central, uh, Achieve Central platform and the Achieve East uh, and we have some centers we've we had to fill out some space in as well that are existing within Greenbrook. So, again, historically, we've always done a great job of adding centers to our platform, and it will be a methodology through not only uh, just acquisition potentially or organic, but also through product diversification.
3: And, and adding to adding to both that from the core TMS business, obviously we, we had some um, constraining factors in, in Q3, 2021. with market conditions normalized, we believe we can we can increase the throughput in our TMS business also. So we've, we've got capacity in the platform, um, operating leverage there, and we can utilize that not only through product diversification but also kind of um, boosting our core TMS business as market conditions normalize.
4: Got it. Thank you for taking the question.
2: Thanks, Mike.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Chi Le for Jardins again. Hi. Just a quick
6: follow-up for me. So, um, as you see a reduced stigma in a mental health epidemic in the U.S., plus you're casting a broader net and consultation continue to increase, um, when do you anticipate the conversion rate to increase back to the pre-pandemic levels?
3: Um, so when do we expect the market conditions kind of normalizing? That, that is, a, that's kind of we, we're going through our um, budgeting process now. We're obviously evaluating um, market factors at play. Um, the good news is we we saw a bounce back and forward looking indicators um, early early in Q um, Q4 in October. Um, so um, it's difficult to predict in terms of exactly when when the market market conditions normalize to pre pandemic levels but we've, sort of see, we've seen some uh, positive trends recently.
2: Yeah, Chi the only thing I'd,
3: I'd add to that is the fact
2: that, um, again, as we talked about earlier from a previous question, uh, we do expect there's patients in that pipeline who have never uh, first-time experienced depression. Um, they may be calling our ads uh, based on our, our us reaching out and creating awareness. They may have to kind of start going through that kind of first drug med trial. So I, I think while they may not – kind of become a patient that initial couple months or first hearing of us, uh, they're still in the pipeline and may, may kind of come to us later in the year. So you've got some, early, you've got some new patients suffering from depression uh, early on now in the, in the system.
6: Thank you. And maybe just an idea here. So uh, to build on that like reduced stigma and corporations are increasingly focusing on the employee's mental health, have you considered hooking in with employers to maybe offer the employees under group health benefit or AIP programs with the employer covering the cost
2: yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and um, obviously we have actually trialed that in a specific marketplace in Richmond in terms of a large banking institution, um, and, you know, just based on, uh, you know, myself coming from the, uh, the TLC, this was one of our programs in place with Corporate Advantage Program, so I'm comfortable and have a understanding of that marketplace. It is one of our next things that we will begin to look at. Uh, not only with kind of providing opportunities within the uh, corporations uh, that have our insurance coverage, uh, obviously we you work closely with the benefits group on it, but we're also looking at opportunities to work closer with the actual payers directly and creating uh, um, uh, opportunities with them directly for their members. Thank you for that.
1: Next question comes from the line of David Martin from Bloomberg.
5: I thanks for taking my second question uh, set of questions um, you outlined your organic and acquisitive uh, growth intentions or uh, desires I, I'm wondering within that plan is it possible to break even or reach profitability or is that something far off in the future and uh, we shouldn't expect that in, until once you've grown your network to a certain size
3: Look, our outlook in terms of um, growing profitably and growing towards profitability um, has not changed. Um, As as we've mentioned, we're going through the budgeting process now, and there's there's a lot of variables at play. Um, But Spravato also um, gives us a really good tool to enhance profit margins at the regional level, um, which which can help us drive to profitability. But um, in terms of... um, can't comment directly on 2022 to, to quite yet, but it, it remains a key um, um, initiative of the business to, to grow towards profitability and self, self-sufficiency. And w- would that
5: be near-term profitability, intermediate term, or long-term?
3: I mean, we we haven't changed our your outlook on on that. Like, um, we 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 can kind of medium medium term um, is what I can say now. Like I said, we're going through through our um, strategic budgeting process at the moment.
5: Okay. And uh, second question: What are the remission rates in your clinics that you're experiencing uh, Spravato and TMS? Are, are they similar or different?
2: Yeah, it's bravado, uh, and I think uh, we allude, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, you know, TMS therapy across the country, we have never published our data. We're closing in on uh, uh, you know, by far the largest data set in the U.S. with uh, over 720,000 treatments, and with that, uh, we've never published our data, so to speak, but we're having, we're having patients that meet remission just shy of 50%, which is uh, above the, uh, the FDA study lines. I think with Spravato, you have a quicker onset, David. Um, Some of those patients tend to fall out of remission uh, later on, but they are also very quick to come back in for maintenance uh, therapy because of the the quicker onset of treatments. Um, So uh, for us, you're probably going to see a patient um, be more long-term, stable with TMS therapy, and from a Spravato standpoint, a quicker onset of action, but they may need more uh, Spravato in the future.
5: And do... Like, do some of them start with Spravato and then go to TMS for the long-term maintenance?
2: Absolutely. And so if you look at Spravato and their indications, you may have someone that's more suicide ideation. So you want to get that patient to baseline and then potentially continue to treat them with Spravato or have the ability to move them over to TMS. And that And, and that's where you find that kind of crossover that complementary behavior that allows patients to start with srobato and move into TMS therapy or even TMS therapy and eventually be on srobato. So they do very well uh, work together.
5: Okay, And one last quick question. Where uh, regions where you see higher reimbursement rates, are your costs also higher in those areas?
3: So um, there's, there's, the, the, there's a, some correlation, but um, in the California market, as we've said before, like the, that's just proportional. So you can generate higher margins there um, because your cost base is maybe slightly higher um, from a staffing perspective, but not significantly. Similarly, in the, in, in the Texas market and, uh, and the Massachusetts market, um, it's, it's, a, it's more favorable economics with um, higher reimbursement. You've got a slightly higher cost base but it doesn't negate um, the, the high reimbursement, and the totality. So you've, you've got opportunity to generate um, higher margins there.
5: Okay, thanks. That's it for me.
3: Thanks, David. Okay,
1: thank there are no further questions at this time.
2: Well, thank you, Suzanne. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today about the company. We're, uh, we're, we're really excited about the position we're going to end up with at the end of the year and kind of going forward with the opportunity to expand our uh, offering to patients and, and really run towards kind of uh, utilization and, and profitability. Uh, look forward to talking to you again and uh, wishing everyone a happy holiday season as I won't speak to you until uh, after the new year. So uh, thanks for all your support, and I will talk to you soon. Thank
1: you, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.
7: Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot Me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.
10: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.